0: Five nine six three, or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. You know, you'll never discover the truth about yourself behind a desk, but in the rugged wilderness of Alaska, or the breathtaking plains of the Serengeti, or in the stunning Gobi Desert, extreme environmentalists challenge us to become the best versions of ourselves by drawing upon the courage within each of us to achieve new levels of performance. I'm really excited to welcome who be brave at work today, Mike Green, who will guide and coach us on a journey of self-discovery and transformation based on his 30 years of experience helping other successful leaders to achieve goals ordinary coaches would claim are impossible. Whether in a group or individual coaching session or customized travel expeditions, which I hope to hear a little bit about, Mike can lead us up to the mountain of self-discovery that every great leader in business, sports, or military service must conquer Before Becoming Transformed. Mike, we are so thrilled to have you on Be Brave at Work. It's great to be here today. Thank you for having me. So I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you really
1: have come to do the type of work that you're doing today. Thank you. I'm living here in the interior of Alaska with my family, two boys, and my lovely wife of 11 years. And my life journey has always been one of being in service of others. And I started working with individuals in the outdoors, mainly through the outward bound experience. And through that experience of understanding that takes courage to be congruent with yourself and who you are, I was able to, through my life's experiences and all the travels that I have done, you now I've been on, I've worked on every continent, I've been to 63 countries, worked in many of them in the performance coaching arena, if you will. And what I've done in that is that it led me to getting my master my master coach certification with the ICF, and then ultimately, as they say, hang my shingle about twelve years ago as a performance coach. So I finally was able to put it in a box, if you will, and be able to say, "This is what I do, and this is who I can. This is how I can support you." So that's a little bit about me, and I. I'm an author as well, and I just recently published my book, Wander Must, A Hero's Journey to Seven Truths, and The Hero's Journey is referencing the work of Joseph Campbell, of course. Fantastic.
0: And why Wander Must? What's the meaning and thoughts behind your
1: title? Great. Well, wander, if you think about it, it's just kind of like like a butterfly in the wind. It just kind of wanders around and lands on something, lands on something must is like we must do this we have to have direction we have to have a a plan a end result so it kind of plays off of one another right and it came to me in the middle of the night like like a sweaty hot dream all of a sudden i just woke up like it's wander must and i woke my wife up and she didn't like that
0: Uh, uh, she didn't love the
1: title well she didn't like being woken up she, she loved her sleep oh. <laughs> i said i know it i know it well, i
0: hope i hope she loved the title but maybe not getting woken up it takes courage to do that <laughs> it does it does well this is how sometimes titles come to us right people think that authors oftentimes start with a title and sometimes you discover or unveil the title in your writing and you say oh that's the word or that's the phrase that I have been thinking of. And so I'm just wondering, Mike, if you can observe for a few minutes and first of all, your travels and your experiences, I think as a guest on Be Brave at Work is a little bit different because as you and I were talking before we began recording, you know, most of my client coaches, you know, work in offices and they're in the 50th floor of a big Boston building and, you know, all they see are other buildings, et cetera. And you're in Alaska, right? And that's purposeful on your part, you know, what does that do for you? Or how do you feel that that influences the relationships that you have with clients a little differently? It's a Great question.
1: I've worked with people all over the world and buildings of Houston and all over different parts of the world, whether it be Antarctica, etc. And me now being in Alaska with my family full time is a manifestation of, of being coaching folks, because my Coaching practice supports my lifestyle. My family and I love to be in the outdoors. We like to be ruggedly independent, and I want to raise my boys to be self-sufficient, both in life as well as in the outdoors. And when I'm coaching my clients, I do it via Zoom, or I do. Sometimes I go to Lower Forty Eight to work with them, or we they come to Alaska and I take them out on their Alaska leadership adventure. In fact, I just had two clients leave wondrously happy just recently and i represent living i represent the courage to say and i don't have anything against the city because you know i love the city, i especially love boston I have the courage to say we can we can handle it just yeah, say it yeah, well it's fine But i do love boston it's a really nice town i have the courage to say that i don't fit living on the country club in boulder my family and I lived there. We lived on the ninth tee at the Boulder Country Club, big, huge house, had a great thing. But I had to have the courage to say, what am I providing? Some people would say, you're living a good life, man. You're living in the Boulder Country Club. You have a big house. Everyone loves to come by your house. Your house is full of kids all the time. And then I had to ask myself, what am I providing? And the answer was flatly, nothing. Truly, it was crazy. I'm not providing them the experience of being ruggedly independent, being able to learn self-sufficiency. Yes, they can learn that in the Boulder Country Club neighborhood or in Boulder or in Colorado or anywhere else. But it wasn't congruent for my wife and I's true calling for life. And I say we met in in, in an atmosphere that's outdoorsy and such. And living in Boulder was great. I mean, it was wonderful. But uh, we wanted to change it up for adventure. So. We sold. We, got, we moved out of our house. We went to Saudi Arabia. I, I was an executive coach and leadership facilitator for Saudi Aramco. We lived there for two and a half years, experiencing the adventure of living somewhere far different and being able to travel from that part of the world, which allowed my, my boys and my family to experience Norway, Jordan, Bahrain, etc.
0: Fantastic. Well, you know, one of the things I love about your story is this perspective of self sufficiency. Uh, I think that is a model that we would hope most people would adopt. My wife and I are proud of the fact that our two daughters, for example, are financially self sufficient, right? They have employment, they have property, and they are, you know, unveiling their life in many fantastic ways. You know, when you think about self sufficiency, and I think this is where bravery at work can kind of connect it requires you to be brave if you're going to be self sufficient because you have to have relationships and you have to work with others effectively in order to do it while you are self-sufficient it doesn't mean that you're alone right and you need to navigate your way and I'm just wondering what thoughts you might have about this concept of self-sufficiency as a model for a person and potentially any thoughts you might have about bravery and courage that it might take to adopt that mentality
1: I write about it in my book. One of my chapters is around courage. The courage for me, and it's a very long story, but it's a very, very good story. I basically was teaching 10th grade global history. And I literally in the middle of talking about the French Revolution, I had an experience where I had to have the courage to say, what am I doing? And I said it with an expletive, by the way, back in in 2000. And my students knew that I'd be going to Alaska In the near future because that's what i did every summer and i said out loud i didn't even know what i was saying but i'm going to hitchhike from alaska from new york to alaska with no money or no food to prove to you that you can believe in the kindness of others and they were all just thunderstruck and i did it i hitchhiked from western new york i grew up in a small railroad town called hornell i hitchhiked from hornell all the way up to denali national park without touching money. And I worked for food and, and you talk about working with others, but while being self-sufficient, I had to be clean cut. I had to have a sign that said north or on one side, west on the other. In fact, one of my students made it for me and I still have that sign here. And being courageous takes, it takes a lot of different courage to be able to experience the, the different types of kindness or the different types of the different acts of kindness, if you will. I, for example, it takes courage to go into a restaurant that is family run and ask to speak to the owner or the manager for a basic human need. It truly is amazing. It was an amazing moment in my life. I mean, I was hungry and I needed to eat. And did you offer? Yeah. Of like, course. So you offered something in
0: exchange for? Yeah. Yep. I came inside and I. I'm just wondering, did you find most people wanted what you? offered, or were they more happy to provide you food or a place to sleep without asking anything from you?
1: They were uncomfortable with the conversation, honestly, every single one of them. I'd come (laughs) in, i say, I'd like to speak to the owner, and then they would say, okay, well, I am the owner. I said, well, I noticed there's a bunch of cigarette butts and some trash in your bushes in your parking lot. If you give me a bag, I'd love to work for a half hour and clean it up for you. All I ask is the sandwich. And they were like, well, we, we don't do that we'll just give you one just to get out of the conversation right I was like no I'm sorry I can't accept it which made it even more <laughs> uncomfortable for them and me meanwhile the whole restaurant is silent listening to this young man with a big backpack and that took a lot of courage and each time I did it it got a little easier but the with the conversation with that individual I had to work with them to put them at ease that I wasn't a you know, a beggar, a Van de bond or whatever have you. I was just never did I ever say that I was a school teacher trying to teach my students at the time I was trying. And I did do it about the, that you can, you can believe in the kindness of others. So I did it. It took me nine and a half days, but uh, you'll have to read the book to get to the other
0: story. We would love to read it. And so from New York to Alaska,
1: it took you about nine and a half, ten 10 days? Yeah, nine and a half. Usually, if I drove up in an old 81 Scrambler, which I drove up twice before I hitchhiked up, it takes about eight days, depending on the uh, wind. If there's a lot of wind going across the plains, it would slow my Jeep down. <laughs> well, look, I think one of the key takeaways from
0: your story that I want to point out to our listeners is this perspective. And it's almost regardless of what you're doing, whether you are Attempting to say something that's hard to say to somebody even though you're helping them or Looking for food in exchange for work as you're attempting to grow across country. It will Become easier or you'll get better at it. The more you do it, right? You can't be brave with somebody if you never have done it, right? Because you don't know what to say You don't know how to say it. You don't know when to say it and it's completely uncharted territory and so it diminishes the likelihood that you'll say something but if you try it, and we recognize the first few times won't be perfect, and I'm sure you got a little bit more sophisticated as your experiences grew, you can become better at saying something that needs to be said to somebody helpfully and respectfully to help them interact with others in a more effective way. Absolutely.
1: And that's what brought me to the, to be able to sit in the executive conference rooms as a, as a master certified coach and, and have the ability to stay there and sit there and say, okay, I do have something to offer as a coach because I did those courageous things and leading is a courageous, an act of courage in many different forms and fashions and and ways. And as a coach, I was in the room to support those leaders or a leader and allow them to have the courage to expand their leadership uh, influence or expand who they are as an individual while making those small incremental steps towards being a better leader or whatever their goal was, because if, without courage, you're not going to do it because if it's easy, you would have already done it. And when things are hard, it says, I'm going to have the courage to say to my spouse or say to my, my leadership team underneath me or my company or my, my uh, cohort, if you will. This is not the current state is not where we need to be. We need to be in the future state to be able to say that takes courage and to be able to act upon it is another form of courage.
0: Well, I do think it takes courage to hire a coach because the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that this is an experience that could help you. And that's not something everybody is ready to do. There are some people who say, hey, I'm as good as I'm ever going to be. So there's nobody that can help me be a little bit better. I think you and I both know that everyone and get better at what they do regardless of who they are or how big or popular they are every boss we've ever worked for we could provide them some feedback on things that they could be doing a little bit differently so this act of hiring somebody like yourself to come in and provide observation or analytics or thoughtful conversation takes bravery because you have to be up for it right and I'm, I'm sure you've seen some people who are up for it and you know potentially even some people who aren't it's true.
1: And as a, as a coach, I ask just good questions. And usually I just say simply, I hold up the mirror to say, is this what is this what you want to show up as? Or is this what you want to sound like, et cetera? And because I don't have the answers. I don't. I, I believe that the individual I'm speaking with or working with has the answers. They just haven't uncovered them yet. And then a good, good question can make a huge difference in someone's career, their life, etc.
0: cetera. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about in Being Brave at Work are two behaviors tied to what you're mentioning. One is curiosity, which is just asking questions to somebody about why they are the way they are, how they think about the issue, right? Being really curious so you can fully understand their perspective. Whether you agree with it or not is not important, but just really understanding it And then the second behavior, of course, is if you are curious, you also have to be a really good listener. Right. You don't want to ask a great question and then look at your cell phone or look in the, you know, the hallway because somebody's walking by. Right. You want to actively, physically, mentally, ethically, spiritually be listening and present in the moment to ensure that this person realizes that not only did you ask a really good question, but you're interested in the answer right? You have to be interested in the answer. So your book, uh, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about just without going into all of the details,
1: you know, what it's about and who the audience might be for it? And to add to your point, I like to be the person who is abundantly listening, right? And holding that space for them, because that's what a good coach does. So my book, Wander Must, A Hero's Journey to Seven Truths, is all about how I, the fourth generation my father was a fourth generation railroader i came from a small town in western new york was able to travel the world and be and work on every continent and it talks about me it starts out with my client i have a client that comes that i've been coaching from the lower 48 comes to alaska and he and i start out in a helicopter most of my clients and i go out into the back country or also known as the bush and as i'm coaching them in the bush For his main intention of why to be there, what is it he wants to understand? I go back in time to the different continents, how I got to the continent and how and what I discovered as a leadership truth, right? For example, we already spoke about courage. Then another example is emotional intelligence for Antarctica, for example, or intention from Mongolia, part of Asia. And as I keep going back and forth while I'm coaching him through this backcountry uh, leadership adventure, and, and so far, it's done really, really well. I mean, shockingly, I was like, wow, that's, I guess I am a writer. It's <laughs> oh, <that's> pretty funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it sounds fantastic. And I'm you know, just wondering that you know, as you work with clients, whether the way that you work with them, which is really connecting them to Earth and the environment, uh, which is, to me, one of the foundational platforms that we all operate from
1: if you find that to be helpful yeah very much so it strips them away from all the distractions in life and i in a very 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 interesting state that they're not used to because usually we're full of distraction whether we're driving down the road listening to this podcast which is a good distraction or whether we're looking at our phone, scrolling through it just to see what everybody else is doing or we got distractions with work or family You're out there. You're not connected to anybody but yourself. As I say in the book, you gotta go, you come out here to go inside there, there being, you know, inside yourself and really be the silence is so strong in the bush of Alaska that you can lean against it almost, right? And then with that silence comes a lot of conversation within your head and things just start to fall away that you think are really important. And you get you get down to your bare the courage to be able to get down to your bare self. Who am I? What I mean, I just had that conversation two and a half weeks ago with a doctor. She was trying to decide who is me. That's how she said it, by the way. Uh, who is me? And she would never have been able to do that in an hour coaching session because in less than an hour, she's going to be back on her phone or she's going to be back doing email. And she yeah. Has- well, what a brave way to enter into a
0: conversation where you're talking about such fundamental perspectives that, quite frankly, none of us do, or at least the vast majority of us don't do, which is to ask ourselves tough questions so that we can understand better who we are and why we're here. And, Mike, it has been great chatting with you today, and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and ideas about bravery at work. If folks want to connect more with you or find out more about what you're
1: doing, how can they connect or reach out to you? Well, you can simply go to my website, MikeGreenLeadership.com. In probably about the next two weeks, give or take, you'll start seeing a lot of different media from these last two clients that I had. I had a film crew go out to take a bunch of pictures and video, so look for that on uh, Instagram as well, Mike Green Leadership, or Facebook, Mike Green Leadership, or my website.
0: Terrific. Well, Mike, thank you again for joining us today on Be Brave at Work.
1: I am grateful for your time and your energy, thank you.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information